before I go up <laughs> to speak. And as a worship leader, there's actually no songs that captivate me or intrigue me more than songs that are about the love of God. There's just something so incomprehensible about the love of God that has just always given me such a hunger to know more. And I'm not talking about, you know, like a mushy-gushy, chick-flick, corny kind of love, but I'm actually talking about the love we heard about in that song, a love that is powerful, a love that has saved us from the grave. It's like a mom. You've heard of those moms who like lift cars off their babies or like a father who runs into a burning building to go after their child or I don't know, there's these like crazy powerful stories of love that we hear about and it's driven, it's passionate, it's fierce, it's untamable and it's relentless. This love goes to extremes. It would go to the ends of the earth for the object of its affection. And again, as a worship leader, we've heard all of these different songs that people are just trying to put into words this incomprehensible part of God's character. So you guys will know this one. Words will go up on the screen. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Oh, it just, it gets to me. The one we heard this morning. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Or classic Sunday school. You can all sing it with me if you like. Jesus loves me. Okay, but now you have to stop. <laughs> okay. And I can say amazingly that God has actually touched me deeply through each and every one of those songs. And I'm sure that he has spoken to each of you and touched you deeply through these songs as well. And God just loves to reveal his love to his children. Now, Brennan and I don't have kids, but we do have a dog. And this is Ollie. <laughs> I just had to get his picture up somehow. <laughs> and I love Ollie so much. Right? How could you not? He's precious, okay? So I love him so much. And can I tell you that if Ollie didn't know how much I loved him, that would actually really make me sad. And if that's too much of a stretch because you're not really a pet person, um, I'm also a wife. I have a husband. His name is Brennan. Great job this morning, babe. <laughs> and if Brennan went our whole marriage without knowing how much I love him, Man, that would just, that would be devastating to me. And how much more does our Heavenly Father want to show us, His children, just how much He loves us? And how much, can you imagine how much it would grieve His heart if He knew that we were going to live our whole lives not knowing His great love for us? And so as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about the different groups of people who would likely be here today. And there's some of you who maybe you're new here, you haven't been around church much, and this idea of a loving God just is totally foreign to you. And maybe you've always pictured God as this angry judge who's distant, totally 
not involved in your life. Or maybe another group of people here, you've experienced the love of God once, but it's been a long time since you've actually felt loved by God. And maybe it's just the season you're in, the struggles that you're facing, has made you wonder if God really is loving. And more specifically, if God really truly loves you. And then another group of people here this morning, you know the love of God. You have experienced it firsthand, and you just hunger and long for more and more of it in your life. So whichever group you fall into, or another group all entirely that I haven't thought of, I believe that this morning God wants to take each one of us, no matter where we're at, he wants to take us to the next level of his love. He wants to reveal himself to us and show us something that we have never seen before. But there's a few barriers that get in the way of us encountering God. And Brennan Manning says, there's a quote that's going to come up, it says, will we ever, there it is, will we ever understand the gospel of grace, the furious love of God, the world of grace in which we live. Will we ever understand it? The answer is no. So as soon as we say we know it all, we actually deprive God of the opportunity to take us to the next level, to show us something new. And I've found on my journey that there is always more with God. Just when I think I understand him, just when I think I understand his grace, his mercy, his provision, his power, then it's like, as soon as I think I've, I've grasped that, he just shows me a whole other side of it, and my mind is blown again. And it's so incredible to know that he is waiting here this morning to show you more of his love, because his love is infinite. Another barrier is that we just take the love for granted. We have heard the story so many of times, the story of Jesus and dying on a cross for us. We've just heard it so many times that it loses its personal impact on our lives. Another barrier, we look for love in the wrong places. We look for love, acceptance, approval in other people. And so we become people pleasers to prove to the world that we're good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, rich enough, you fill in the blank yourself. And we kill ourselves trying to prove ourselves to others. We try to fill this void that only God can fill. Another barrier is that we know the love of God in our heads, but not in our hearts. And that means we don't end up living in a day-to-day -day reality of being loved by God. Instead, we live afraid, we live insecure, lonely, self-absorbed, and small lives. And just an example of this, I grew up in a church that was very traditional, it was very formal and fairly rigid, and I heard about the love of God, but that wasn't really the focus of this church. I didn't really hear it all that much. But then when I was in high school, that's when I learned that God wanted to have a personal relationship with me. That's when I experienced the love of God for myself. And can I tell you that my life was forever changed. There was no going back after encountering this love. And so this morning, I am praying and I am believing that we are gonna grow in our wonder of the love of God. No matter where we're at, 
that we would remain open-hearted to know that God wants to show us more, that we would let this message of the love of God, the cross of Jesus, sink from our heads to our hearts for the first time or for the hundredth time, that we would leave this place loving God more fully, loving ourselves more fully, and loving others more fully. And I believe this morning that God wants to show you his love, each and every one of us, in a new and surprising way. And that not one person in this, here, in this place is here by mistake. That God knew before the beginning of time that you would be here and that you would be sitting in that seat and that somebody was crazy enough to give me a microphone for half an hour. <laughs> And he knew the message that was going to be on my heart, that he was going to place on my heart, and that he has something that he wants to reveal of himself to you this morning. And so I'm actually going to pray, and then I'm going to jump in. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we get to be here this morning in your presence. And thank you so much that you are a God who delights in revealing himself to his children. And so God, I just pray for open hearts in this place. And Lord, that you would take this message and you would divide it up hundreds of different ways, Lord, for each person like only you can do. And that you would just have your way in this place. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so let's check out 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 12, and then we're going to look at 16 to 19. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And then carrying on at verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And these verses tell us three very important principles that we're going to focus on today. And the first one is this. The love of God erases fear. The second one, the love of God grounds your life. And the third, the love of God causes us to love others. So point number one, the love of God erases fear. And this world is full of things that we can be afraid of. We can be afraid of not having enough money. We can be afraid of losing our job. We can be afraid of failure. We can be afraid of sharing our faith in a world that's quite hostile to Christianity. Um, spiders? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone else terrified of spiders? Ah! It's all these what-ifs in life that we can obsess over and we can focus on. We can even be afraid of God, of whether or not he's happy with us or whether or not he'll take us back when we make a mistake. But can I tell you, 
that we are not designed to live in fear. God does not want his children to be afraid. And so the first thing that we don't have to fear, we do not have to fear punishment. 1 John 4.18, I'm going to read it again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Romans 3.24 tells us, we are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So we are justified freely. When we accept Christ into our lives, it's by grace that he saves us, not by works, not by anything we can do. Jesus has taken our punishment, and then we are given the reward that he deserved for living a perfect life. God has gifted us this salvation, and all we have to do is reach out and take it for ourselves. And this actually gives us reason to celebrate. Like, can I see like some smiles on people's faces? <laughs> like, this is good news. This is really good news. When I think about all of the mistakes that I've made and of all the ways I get it wrong from day to day, my heart is filled with gratitude that Jesus Christ paid the price for my sin. And I think of the song we were singing, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it justified freely by his grace. Amen? And many of us know really well the story of the woman caught in adultery, and it's found in chap John chapter 8, verse 3 to 11. And for time's sake, I'm just going to give us a quick summary. As the title suggests, it's a story about a woman who's been caught in the act of adultery, and she's been dragged out by a mob to be stoned, because that is what the law required. She had done the crime, and this was her punishment. And can you imagine for a minute, standing before that angry mob, how terrified she must have been. She must have been terrified of, she was about to lose her life. That mob was angry, they were judgmental, and they were ready to see her pay for her mistakes. But then what does Jesus do? He says in verse 7, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And so then, of course, the crowd trickles away. They all disappear. And now this woman, a moment, a moment before she was standing before this angry mob, and now she's standing before Jesus. And what does he say? He says, has no one condemned you? Then I don't condemn you either. He invited her into forgiveness. He invited her into his mercy. And then once she's experienced this incredible act of mercy, he says, go now and leave your life of sin. But notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, you sure messed this up, didn't you? Really? You did that? Really? Are you actually even sorry for what you've done? Because you don't look very sorry. How about you go get your act together and then come back and talk to me and we'll talk about forgiveness. And some people have this image of Jesus, this image of God, that he's just waiting to pounce at us. He's waiting to shake his finger and say, shame on you, I told you so. So we end up going to him tentatively, 
ashamed or embarrassed, instead of running into his arms, which are wide open for us, running into his forgiveness. And John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So as children of God, we do not need to fear punishment. Secondly, we as believers do not have to fear anything life throws at us. So as many of you know, Brennan and I were in a pretty bad car accident a couple of years ago, and that was the closest in my life I've ever been to losing everything. I almost lost my life. I couldn't work anymore. I lost my health. There were um, all the, I didn't have the strength or the energy even to do all the things that I loved the most in life. And to be honest, my life had never until that point felt as dark or um, just felt as lonely and discouraging. And the funny thing is, though, is that it was also at this time when I learned more about God than I ever would have had I not gone through that experience. When I felt like I had nothing, I realized that everything I needed was actually right there beside me. That everything I could possibly need was found in Jesus. And God brought me to this place where I could say with confidence that even if there was never another good thing in my life, if the rest of my life was just like it is now, kind of a bummer, that being with him was enough and that his presence with me is enough. His love was enough to see me through anything. And we're going to sing a chorus at the end of the service, and I didn't realize it until worship rehearsal a couple of days ago um, as I was sitting in listening, that the song that we're going to sing is a song that I would, I would sing all the time in this like kind of dark, you know, depressing time of my life. And as I would sing that song on repeat, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the love of God was with me, even when I couldn't feel it, and even when there wasn't any evidence of it in my life. Now I know that there's nothing this life can throw at me that God can't get me through, that his love is just that good. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we know that because of his great love for us, we will never face anything in this life alone. And we know that none of the struggles we face will be wasted. 1 John 3.1, we're going to talk about, as we talk about point number two, which is the love of God grounds your life. So we know that the love of God erases fear. So when we're set free from fear, and when we know where we stand with God, it gives us confidence and a firm foundation to build our lives on. So 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Our identity as beloved children of God 
grounds our lives. It frees us from the comparison game that we often play, and it shows us our purpose. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 says, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. And that's our firm foundation right there, rooted and established in love. And I actually picture it like roots, right? Rooted and established in love, that we might have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is crazy to me. Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, which means we are deeply satisfied. We're content. No longer looking for love and approval in the wrong places. And so this means that we get to know, firstly, we, are, we have security in knowing that you are a child of God. Security in who God made you to be. Security in knowing that in your worst moment, as a child of God, you are fully loved and accepted. Security in knowing that he's pleased with you, that you're in right standing with him, and security in the undying hope we have in Jesus. Not even death can separate us from this love that is in Christ Jesus. His love is just that good. So point number three is that the love of God causes us to love others. 1 John 3, 16 to 18 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Next up. Braden, thanks. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And God set the ultimate example of this. Verse 17, who see, they see someone in need and has no pity on them. How can the love of God be in that, per, in that person? God saw us in our need and had pity on us. He sent his one and only son to die on a cross for us. And God's love in action was the cross. The ultimate expression of his love is found in the cross. And when we remember how much God has loved us, it makes understanding others and loving others so much easier because we realize that we're all just these messy, broken, sinful, disobedient kids, right? Awesome. Um, but we have a father who is head over heels in love with us and who gave his all for us. We can extend grace more easily because so much grace has been showed to us. And Jesus said himself that the greatest commandment is to love God and love people. And we love God because he first loved us. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. And as I begin to um, wrap up, we're going to see a drama from the youth that they did on their Moldova mission trip. So you guys can come right on up while I'm still talking and get set up for that. Um, and then I'll just come up with some closing thoughts after that. But I wanted to read this one last verse before they do the drama. John 15, 13 
says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this drama is gonna show us just how far Jesus went to show us that he loves us. So without further ado.
<laughs> Thanks, guys. So can I just tell you, church, this morning that we have a heavenly Father who has forgiven us. All we have to do is ask. He keeps on loving us when we make mistake after mistake after mistake. And he even paid the price for our mistakes. And that is something to praise God for. So the worship team is going to come back up in a second. And I just want us to ask ourselves as we close this service, which of these areas that we've talked about today do you need to invite the love of God into? Do you want to see fear erased? Do you want to ground your life as a child of God, rooted and established in his love? Do you want to love others better? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship. And can we just rest in this moment? Can we just, like, take some time to rest in his love, to let his love permeate every part of us, to let his fear let his love into the fear in our lives. Let his love into the insecurities in our lives. And if you have it in you, can you thank him for all that he's done? Thank him for saving you. Praise Jesus for paying your debt. And let's just receive the love of God and run into our heavenly Father's open arms. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your love is so much bigger than we could ever know. And God, I can't wait until the day when we stand face to face with you. And I just imagine, Lord, being completely overwhelmed by your love and your grace and your mercy. And God, would you just give us a glimpse of that today? Lord, if there are people here who are fearful, God, would you erase fear? Lord, would you ground us as a child of God? Would you ground us in your love? And God, would you help us to leave this place loving others better because you loved us so much and you have forgiven us so much. We just worship you this morning, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for your relentless love that went to the cross for us. We love you. We ask this in the name of Jesus.